the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. Anybody can fall. Don't think that because you are spiritual now that you can let up a little bit, back off, relax, pull back. No, friend, we're never to that place where we are so spiritual that it's impossible for us to slip. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. The Lord upholds. Today's sermon or message is about a man who stumbled and fell and had the courage to go to God and begin again. That's Psalm 145. That whole psalm is about a man who is praising God because God touched his life, did something great and beautiful, lifted him back on his spiritual feet again, and got him going for God. Now, this psalm expresses the profound discovery that David made concerning the mercy of God, a profound discovery. He looks back over his life at how God blessed him, cared for him, how he became a man after God's own heart. What I'm saying now, I want you to listen to me. Anybody can fall. Don't think that because you are spiritual now that you can let up a little bit, back off, relax, pull back. No, friend, we're never to that place where we are so spiritual that it's impossible for us to slip. We are in a spiritual warfare, and the devil had us one time. Jesus bought us with his own blood from the devil. The devil wants us back, and he's going to attack any way he possibly can. Slip up on your blind side when he can, and trick you, and cause you to stumble. But if you're focused on Jesus, if you are a branch abiding in the vine... Remember those sermons? Okay. If you're a branch abiding in the vine and drawing your strength from the Lord, the devil can't touch you. But David was at the wrong place at the wrong time. He should have been someplace else. You're at the right place this morning at the right time. (laughs) David should have been somewhere else, out there with his armies, leading like he used to. But he was at the wrong place, and he took a tumble because he let his eyes begin to wonder. He ended up committing adultery, adultery with another man's wife. Here's the man after God's own heart. But sin never stops usually with one downfall or one mistake. 
it'll go to another. And so now in an effort to cover up his sin, he has the woman's husband's murdered. So those are about the two biggest sins that a person can commit, wouldn't you say? Adultery and murder. But God restored him and God brought him back. God does great things for those who come to him and call upon him. He's a merciful God. Now, let's think of David for just a moment. Here is David on the other side of the, the, uh, the mountain watching his father's sheep. He may be around 17 years old. Saul has disobeyed God, Saul being the first king of Israel. Now God's going to take the throne from Saul and give it to another. And it was to David, but David didn't know it. Samuel, the prophet who was to anoint David to become the second king, didn't know it. All Samuel knew was that it was one of Jesse's sons. Go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be the second king over Israel. So all the sons, one after another, passed before, not this one, not this one. And so Samuel asked Jesse, he said, do you have any other children? Any other sons? He said, well, I do have one. And uh, he must have not thought a whole lot about that particular one. But he said, he's, he's out there watching the sheep. He said, get him, bring him in here. I've got to, he has to pass before me. One of your sons is going to be anointed king of Israel. And here was David was anointed. David killed the lion. He killed the bear that was going to take the sheep. Remember, David was the one that slew Goliath. When all the men of Israel Thousands of them, all of them put together, couldn't do what one 17-year-old boy could do because the anointing of God was upon that 17-year-old boy. Then it was said by the people of Israel, Saul, referring to the first king of Israel, slew his thousands, but David his ten thousands. He was a mighty man of God, yet this mighty man of God, the devil brought him down. The devil brought him down. He wants, the devil wants to bring you, me, every one of us. He wants to bring us down. He wants us back. He thinks we're, we belong to him, that we ought to be his property. But by the blood of Jesus, we've been purchased. By the blood of Jesus, we have been kept. Thank God. Aren't you glad you're saved today? Under the blood of Jesus Christ, cared for the Lord. Now, notice what the scripture says, and I'm going to read uh, from Psalm 145, the very last verse we read today, uh, Psalm 145, verse 14. Would you put that on the screen, please? Verse 14, and I want you to all look up here and read it with me in unison. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. So, friend, here's a promise, a wonderful promise to every one of us today. Look at your own heart. Where have you slipped? What have you said? What mistakes have you done? You're down on yourself. You feel guilty. You even feel, oh, you stupid thing. You're kicking yourself today. But today is your day to make a comeback, a spiritual comeback. Notice, the Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all those who are bowed down. Some of us are under a pressure. Uh, it's a pressure that, that just won't, uh, we can't find relief from it. Uh, but God is here today to lift that pressure off of us. Now, here's the process we go through when we fail. And I want you to put that on the screen for me, please, the process. Here's what happens to every one of us. First, we begin to neglect God. You see that? That's where it starts. You don't go out and commit adultery. 
You don't go out and just murder somebody. You don't say, well, I'm going to sin next Saturday about 7 o'clock. I'm going to put it on my day timer. And <laughs> you, you don't plan on it at all. All you need to do is to begin to neglect God, neglect prayer. Here, before I go on, let me get over here to, let me turn over to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 2. I can get there very quickly. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They, the early church, may God help us that the latter church and the 21st century church also, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That meant the word of God that is being taught. You read it out of good Bible textbooks that men and women inspired by God wrote, and you read the word of God, you read the Bible, the apostles' teaching, and fellowship. It's important to go to church, to meet God's people, to be with the people of God. All week long, we've been with the unsaved, and we have heard and, and been part of their uh, community and their fellowship. We need the men's fellowship. We need the women's fellowship. We need men's fishing trips. We need retreats. We need Sunday mornings. Look at this. They devoted themselves to that. And to breaking of bread while they had the Lord's Supper and they would never miss that. And to prayer. Now, when they begin to neglect that or you begin to neglect prayer, fellowship, the Lord's Supper, I mean, you say, well, you know, I can go and enjoy the Lord's Supper and, and when this comes up on the screen, the church of friendship and joy and hug each other, I can do that. But if I don't do it, I don't miss it a whole lot. You know, I... I Come see, come saw, I can or I can't. You know, when, when you begin to feel like that, what's starting to happen? You're beginning to neglect God. Now, be honest, be transparent, talk to yourself today. And if you ha- are in that condition, right now, you can turn that arrow and turn it around and come back. You don't have to drop down. But if you, if you continue to neglect God, you're going to drop down and soon you're going to do something or say something that you're going to regret. You're going to think, why did I do that? I know better than to behave in that fashion. That is unchristian to behave that way. Or you're going to say something and it's going to pop out and you're going to say, I didn't know it was in me. I didn't know I could do that. What happened? You continue to neglect God. And then you drop down and you did that. David sinned. He committed adultery. He murdered. And then he's... He, he told lies. He tried to lie his way out of it. Now, when you get that far, you can still turn and you can go back up. Anywhere along here, you can turn and go back up. Well, then, if you, if you try to cover it up or you ignore it uh, or you postpone your repentance, then comes self-condemnation. That self-condemnation will set in like a virus. It'll plague you. It'll sap your energy. I mean, even your physical energy, it'll take away. And you'll say, you know, why did I do that? How did I say that? Uh, what, what was in me? And then if you continue, now you can still turn and go back up. But if you drop down, now you become critical of others. And when you become critical of others, is what, this is what you start doing. You start saying, well, I know other people who have done the same thing. I know other people who have even done worse than I have done. Matter of fact, I can point them out and name them to you. <laughs> Now, what has happened is they have neglected their spiritual growth in God. And they have gone down, spiraled down, spiraled down. Friend, that's a terrible place to be. You can't be happy when you're there. 
You don't have the joy of the Lord when you're there. So today is the day of your salvation. I just wonder if I were to come down here and say, I want every critical, bad-mouthing person in this church to come down here. Everybody would. You talk about freezing up. I'll tell you, it's fun to be up here and preach. I'll tell you. Because you know I'm telling you the truth, right? Telling you the truth. Why am I telling you the truth? Because it's the truth that sets you free to be the person God wants you to be. It's the truth that helps you and delivers you. Because God loves you and because I love you, God wants to restore you and make you whole. He doesn't want you to be self-condemning and critical and to stay in that place week after week after week. Come on, friend, turn it around today and come to the Lord with all your heart. Now, if you have slipped, if you have stumbled, if you have sinned, the scripture says in Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, the eternal God is our help and our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. What the God of the Old Testament and the Lord Jesus of the New Testament is saying is that God has his arms out. He's going to catch you when you fall. And some of you are are just in a free fall. You're still falling. You're still down there in self-condemnation and God is there ready to catch you. It's like a trapeze. You see, uh, they, they swing on the trapeze and they'll let loose and catch somebody's feet. You know, done that, you all go, you know, when they do that, you go to a circus. But a a trapeze artist has a big net underneath. And sometimes they'll slip, particularly when they are rehearsing and practicing. And sometimes when they are actually performing, they will slip. But they know that underneath there's a net that's going to catch them. That's going to catch them. Now, I want you to know this. This is what God is saying. Underneath are the everlasting arms of God. God has a net. His net is his arms. You're his children. He cares for you. And he's going to catch you if you will let him catch you. You still with me? He wants to catch you today with his everlasting arms. The Lord upholds all those. Let's put that scripture back up again on the screen. Verse 14. Read it again. The Lord... Now, when, when sin sets in and we let it continue on, we, we should have found out when we started feeling indifferent about church, Bible reading, fellowship, meeting with God's people, when we, we, we began to feel indifferent or passive about that, we should have turned back quickly to God and say, hey, well, that's me, I'm, I'm disconnected. Uh, some sin, somebody, something has unplugged me. <laughs> I was talking to my niece the other day, she lives in Florida, Ginger. And uh, I just called her yesterday. I don't call her too often, but uh, my mother raised her after my sister's death. And uh, Ginger said, Uncle Jack, I was planning on calling you this morning. Now, I called her Saturday afternoon. I was planning on calling you this morning, and I didn't get around to it. And then she started, she said, I had shopping to do. And she said, I had to take the dog to the vet. I said, Ginger, the dog is more important than Uncle Jack? <laughs> You forgot Uncle Jack because of the dog? (laughs) And she just laughed at me. But you know those things happen to us spiritually? I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm going to get around to it. We used to have that little thing, a little wooden thing we carried in our pocket, and it had the words on it, a round to it. 
and we put it in our pocket. We're always going to get around to it. Friends, we have to put God first. We have to seek him and serve him first. Now, when sin comes, sin connects onto us like a virus, and a virus is communicable. We can pass a virus on. I mean, you know, sneezing and whatever we're going, we can pass that on and communicate that to another. The same thing happens with sin. Those who are closest to us begin to pick up that virus. And what happened to David, I'm almost hesitant to tell you and ashamed to tell you, embarrassed to tell you, but David's son, Solomon, kills his own half-brother, Ammon, because Ammon raped his half-sister. Now listen, parents, when you get out of sorts with God, look out. Sin does not stop with you. Say, well, it was a private thing I did. Nobody knows about it. I can do what I want to do. I'm my own man. I'm a... Listen, friends, that talk is rubbish. Absolute rubbish. It doesn't count. Here was Ammon, a half-brother to Tamar. And Tamar was a beautiful half-sister. And he wanted that sister. And under subterfuge, he brought her into his room and he raped her. Well, Absalom learned about it. Absalom, the, the full brother of Ammon. He learned what had happened. And he hated his brother. And he watched for his opportunity. And when he had his opportunity, he killed his brother. And all this news comes to David. My beautiful daughter has been raped by her half-brother. My, my beautiful son, Absalom, kills my son, uh, Ammon. And then it doesn't stop there. Absalom turns on his own father. And he says, I'm going to be king of Israel. And if I have to kill him to get the throne, I'll kill my dad. But I'm going to be king of Israel. And David had to leave the palace and run into the mountains, into the woods, into caves from his own son. Listen, friend, when you sin, sin doesn't stop with you. Sin has a way of just moving through your whole family and through others. You ruin your testimony. You ruin your children. They thought so much of you. They heard you sing. They heard you testify. They were at your family altar. And then look what you did. And now your kids will come along and say, there's nothing to it. The old man, the old woman is just out of their mind. There's just nothing to it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Friend, listen to me. Listen to the word of God. Feel and accept the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Turn to the Lord with all your heart. Repent and God will hear you. He will catch you. He will deliver you. He will restore you and not only you, your whole family. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. This is the will of God. Jeremiah 31. I will forgive their iniquities and their sin I will remember no more. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Are you ready to take God as his word? Are you ready to take God as his promise? God will hear you today. He'll bless you. He'll minister to you. He'll catch you. He'll keep you from falling. And if you have fallen, he'll lift you back up and put you on your feet again. Now, this is what David said. Look at what he did here. Absolutely amazing. This is his last psalm. Psalm 145. David's last psalm. And what a way to go out. <laughs> he went out praising the Lord because he had experienced personally, firsthand, God's mercy in his life. God remembers our frame. 
He knows we're but dust. He knows things happen. He knows how the world is. Jesus came into this world to experience what you and I have experienced. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows where we are today. And when we call to him, he'll answer. David called and God answered and God blessed him and God restored him. Now David begins to praise the Lord. And it's all over. I mean, he started out as a boy on the backside of the mountain watching sheep. He was anointed king. He became king. He became the very ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ because it was prophesied of Jesus that he would sit upon, that Jesus would sit upon the throne of his father David and of his kingdom. There would be no end. He made it back. David made it back. Some of us today, God gave me the message. Why? I'm not an entertainer. But God gave me a message because some of us are going to make it back today. God's going to bring us back today. God's going to help us. But so look at what he says. He begins to exalt the Lord. He begins to praise the Lord. Verse 1, David said, I will exalt you. Verse 2, every day I will praise you. Again in verse 2, I will extol your name forever. And then he goes on throughout the the first verses. Pour forth, sing aloud, give thanks. What happened was David literally ran out of praise words. He couldn't think of anything else to say. His vocabulary was exhausted. He began to praise the Lord and he kept on praising the Lord. Now, this is so important that you know this. He didn't have to force it. He didn't have to, come on, open your mouth when you sing this morning. (laughs) Remember, Korean always saying, I see some miracles here today, people singing with their mouth closed. (laughs) You don't have to encourage. You don't have to pull it out. No, David, nobody was pulling it out of David. It was just flowing out of David because the mercy and love of God was flowing in. And David began to praise the Lord and sing praises to God for God's goodness and mercy. And then he goes on to talk about how long he's going to praise the Lord. Verse 1, he says, forever and ever, I will praise your name. Forever and ever. Verse 2, he said, every day, I'll praise your name. And then in verse 4, one generation will commend your works to another. Now, what I said about David just a little while ago, about his sons, one committing rape with his half-sister, the other murdering his half-brother because he raped his half-sister, because he raped his sister, then the brother turning to kill his own dad. Now, the same thing happens, but more more glorious, obviously it is, when we serve the Lord with all of our hearts, with true heartfelt dedication, if we sin, the sin's going to spread to the whole family. But if we serve God and praise God, that too will spread to the whole family. And this is what David is saying. He's talking about one generation will commend your works to another. He's going to pass on the praising. David's going to pass on the worship. What David is talking about, raising a generation of praisers. Raising a generation of worshipers, not a generation of rapers, not a generation of murderers, not a generation of uh, other uh, uh, children and grandchildren and extended family of alcoholics and, and on drugs uh, and, 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 and wicked entertainment. No, but a generation of praisers to the Lord. He said, one generation is going to tell another generation and that generation is going to tell another one and on and on and on it's going to go. People are going to rejoice in my family for generations to come. 
Why? Because God saved me. Because God had mercy on me. Because God lifted me up when I was bowed down low. Now, friend, if, let, let's, let's, get, let's get right down to it now. Do you need to confess something to God today? We're going to get right to it. Do you need to confess something to God today? Where are you in this spiraling downward? Don't keep in a free fall. Don't lose completely. Or if you have lost the joy of the Lord completely, today's the day of your salvation. God's going to catch you in his everlasting arms. God's going to turn it around for you. He's going to turn you around. He's going to straighten out your life and help you. You can't stop yourself. You can't straighten out yourself, but you can fall into his arms and he'll catch you and he'll straighten you out and get your life going in the right direction again. Do you need Pastor Morris to pray with you about a struggle or decision you're wrestling with? The Pray Now app is available to you right now. Go to thehealingword.com, click Pray Now, and select the topic that matches your request. Pastor Morris will provide encouragement, pray with you, and deliver a brief message on overcoming and living in victory. Again, Pray Now at thehealingword.com. Join us tomorrow for another Healing Word message. Until then, blessings on you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.